Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for your favorite morning podcast. It is the Morning Five for Monday, June 27th, 2022. And it is brought to you by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey. Life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results it is national ice cream cake day bryce i know you're not a sweets person but can you get behind an ice cream cake i can get behind some ice cream cake i don't like normal cake i can get behind some ice cream cake in fact when i was a little kid uh this was the type of cake that i would get for my birthday every single year i would want an ice cream cake because i'm not a normal cake fan billy and speaking about sweets you know i'm not a not a massive sweet fan uh, do no. you know what I had this weekend? Do tell. I got my first ever taste of some buttered udder. Did you really? I, I did. We went um, Saturday, I think it was. We went to Carrollton and did a little shopping and stuff at Robinson Salvage and just kind of dinged around in there. And we went to Brown Dog uh, for lunch. And we were walking around the square, going into some of the shops. And they had a they, you know they have that buttered udder store right there on the square in yeah. Carrollton. Uh, so we popped in, the kids got some ice cream, and I got a, uh, what did I get? I think I got a red velvet cake batter uh, milkshake. So first time ever having buttered butter. It was quite good. Plus, the guy that was making my milkshake made a mistake, uh, and I, I ordered a regular, and he accidentally made me a large. So I got a bigger size for the same price as a regular. Oh, no. Uh, I know, Don't happy little mistake, but the, uh, the red velvet... Red Velvet Cake was a very good uh, smoothie, or a very good uh, milkshake, rather, and that will hold me over. That's my one sweet for probably the next couple of months. That'll hold me over. That'll <laughs> that hit my uh, that hit my sugar uh, take in for the next couple of months. Very good though. Very good. Very friendly. Very clean. It smelled amazing. So uh, yeah, first ever trip to Butter Dutter this weekend, and it was a roaring success. That's awesome. I was the only one apparently in my entire family that hadn't had Butter Dutter. All of my apparently buttered udder comes to the school that my kids go to and give them ice cream. Yeah, so they do. All, all of my kids and my wife have had it. I've never had it. On uh, the, very on good the blue though. I, I I give it a solid probably eight and a half out of ten, and that's coming from somebody who does not really like sweets or ice creams or stuff like that. Well, something I don't give an eight and a half out of ten is what happened uh, yesterday at the Braves. The Braves followed really, the, the Dodgers. The city of Atlanta had a great weekend. I'm, they I'm did. told. <laughs> sure. Uh, Braves followed the Dodgers yesterday, five to three in eleven innings. Um, God, it looked good for a while. It looked good for a long while. Dear Lord, like eight and a half innings. I was, I was in there. I was, I was yeah. there. It, it looked great for eight innings and two third of the last inning. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, uh, a, that's how good it looked. Olsen. Olsen, Riley, uh, and Azuna all with uh, an RBI. Spencer Strider pitched a gym. Six innings, no runs, seven Ks. He looked solid. Ooh. 
Um, Jansen, uh, Kenley Jansen came in with with a two-run lead. It was two to nothing in the ninth. Had two outs, two strikes, and a two-run lead in the bottom of the ninth, and uh, blew it. His fourth one save of the year, which just God, it, it was so close. We were man. we were just heaping praise on him yesterday about how well he's pitched in the month of June and hasn't gotten into any jams. And if he has gotten into minor jams, he's gotten out of them. I don't believe he has blown a save in June before last night. I, I know he had I know he had one game where he came close, I think, but I don't believe he blew it. Uh, so first blown save in the month of June for Kenley Jansen. It's going to happen, man. You, If you pitch night in and night out like Jansen does in some of these games, save opportunities, stuff like this is going to happen. Um, as crappy as losing last night was, I'm honestly not too concerned about it because it took the Dodgers three just freak bloop shots, uh, one one to right field, shallow right field that was not hit hard at all, uh, and then one that kind of bounced off of Matt Olson's glove. I was I joked on Twitter last night. I said if Matt Olson would wouldn't have stopped growing in middle school, then Matt Olson would have caught that ball. I mean, six <laughs> five, dude. What? Come on. What are you What are you doing? grow a little bit why don't you uh and then uh, and then a little shot over riley's head uh a third base that just trickled off of his glove too and if riley hadn't got leather on that ball that went over his head it probably would end up tailing foul yeah um so it, it sucks i mean we were we were one strike away from taking two out of the three from the dodgers dodgers come back and win five three it's what good teams do dodgers are leading the west and the braves are not leading the east uh, so you know you know what the dodgers are going to do but I wasn't too upset about that because of the way it happened. It took a, a freak bloop shot to right field and two shots that were just out of the reach of the Braves, um, Braves uh, first baseman and third baseman. And, you know, we, we held the Dodgers scoreless for nine in, or eight innings and two-thirds. So uh, there, there's hope there. It sucks to lose the series, but no, we played well. Yeah, and we get, we took four of three or four of seven from the – from the uh, Giants and the Dodgers, so I can't complain we, much. We took four and two thirds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you are concerned about something else, though. Yeah, yeah, we're we're a little concerned about Land United. That's who we're concerned about. Uh, they go up to Toronto this weekend and fall two to one. Um, man, we looked insanely lost in the first half. It's one of the worst first halves I think I've ever seen Atlanta United play in the history of, of Atlanta United. Uh, we looked lost on offense and defense. The defense, the back line looked confused pretty much all night long. There was no communication. Nobody was working together. Everybody got turned around, it seemed like. There was one or two times that were, where they were in the box and they weren't sure who was supposed to defend who, and it was – I don't know if that's Rios Novo being a quote-unquote rookie back there for us, kind of a new guy and not really taking charge of that back line yet. I'm not saying the back line's confusion was his fault, but, you know, Brad Guzan's back there screaming at everybody 24-7 during the game. So that might be something Rios Novo has to grow into if he is going to be the goalkeeper of the future. He looked good in goal, though. He looked great in between the posts. Um, very solid. I think he solidified himself as the – uh, first team goalkeeper right now until that new transfer comes in from the Mexican uh, league. So we'll, we'll see what that new goalkeeper has in store. But I feel pretty confident with Rios Novo and goal there that he can do a good job in replacement of uh, Brad Guzan. Timothy Shuttlecock was not the answer 
Rios Novo is quite a bit better than him. Arujo continues to be a stud. He's the only one that really pushed Toronto until they started fouling him every single time down the pitch. Uh, they got insanely, insanely physical with Arujo uh, after his goal. And after he scored his goal, I mean, he was just attacking and attacking and attacking Toronto and looked like the only person with teeth in that offensive set. Uh, and Toronto just got super physical with him. I mean, just knocking him all over the ball, left and right. And I believe he picked up a little knock as well. So we'll see if he's available on Thursday. Um, something that's a little concerning to me, kind of kind of play-wise, is Joseph. Uh, he only had 11 touches um, uh, against Toronto on Saturday. That cannot happen. I know Joseph is not going to be the premier goal, goal scorer like he was two or three years ago, but your offense needs to play through Joseph every time you go down to the attacking third. No Joseph doubt. is uh, Joseph is a massive part of this team. He's a massive part of the chemistry that should be in the, in the attacking third. So everything should play through Joseph, even if he's not going to be running at the defense, if he's not the one going to be taking the shot. That still needs to flow through him, and you need to get him into the flow of the game. And that might just be one of those chemistry things, Billy, that, that needs to work out with Cisneros, Ronaldo, and uh, Arujo, who was out there last night, and Almada once he does come back. That might just be a chemistry thing where they have to build that up and learn each other's ways of playing and stuff like that. So that, that's definitely something to keep an eye on because – we have to play through Joseph. We absolutely have to play through Joseph. One of the bright spots this weekend was Aiden McFadden uh, coming on from an injured Brooks Linden. Brooks Linden injured himself pregame. He apparently slipped on the sidelines while training or something like that, hurt his left knee. Uh, to me, that sounds sort of like an ACL-MCL injury, but we will wait to hear what they say. They weren't going to have any preliminary tests done until they get back to Atlanta, and they got back to Atlanta, I believe, yesterday uh, around lunchtime. So we should hear something today or tomorrow out of, out of Brooks Lennon on his injury. But Aiden McFadden essentially was told like eight minutes before kickoff happened, hey, man, you're going in. You're starting today for Brooks Lennon. Brooks Lennon just got injured. Aiden, you're in. Looked fantastic. Looked absolutely amazing. I really loved everything that I saw out of McFadden on Saturday night. I think they found a rotational player, and he can probably compete for a starting position, even when everybody's healthy. I really think Aiden McFadden is going to be a key cog in this lineup. Uh, one person I do not want to see ever again on the pitch for Atlanta United, Machop Chol. Machop Chol came in, I believe it was right back, and looked like a giraffe trying to run down the wings there and support the offense. Looked terrible. I never want to see him on the pitch again for the five stripes, leave him on the bench, leave him on the ATL two. Uh, but falling 2-1 to one to Toronto is not good, and it only gets harder from here. Um, we come back home now, but then we travel back up to New York. We have a game Thursday night versus the New York Red Bulls, and then we have a game Sunday versus uh, New York uh, City FC. Uh, NYCFC is first in the East, and I believe the Red Bulls are third in the East. And then we come back home and host Austin FC, who is third in the West. So the road for Atlanta United does not get easier in the next three games, and they're going to have to turn it up, man. I don't, I don't know. I thought there was a lot of hope after that Inter Miami game, but they kind of wiped it all away after they yeah. went up to Toronto and laid an egg. Yeah, you were real um, disappointed after that game. I, I could tell it just from the text messages and the and the tweets that you were sending out. So, um, yeah, yeah they, it wasn't. They, I wasn't they, even they mad, honestly. It was job. just, it was just a disappointing game. Yeah, it was just disappointing. It wasn't. Well, I wasn't mad. I wasn't pissed off. It was. Just, yeah, it's just disappointing, man. So last week we took a look at uh, a couple conferences in uh, college football. 
and the week before we were doing our NFL previews. Well, we're going to continue our NFL previews this week and do uh, the NFC North and the NFC West. Well, today we're going to start with the Chicago Bears. Duh, Bears. What you Duh, got? Bears. So the Chicago Bears last year were pretty terrible, and Billy, it doesn't unfortunately look like they're going to get much better. Uh, they do try to take a step forward this year, closer to the playoffs, one more year under second-year quarterback Justin Fields. Uh, the only bad thing, Billy, is the Bears haven't done diddly squat to help Justin Fields. They haven't done anything in the offseason to help him. They haven't upgraded the offensive line. They haven't upgraded the wide receiver core outside of drafting uh, Velas Jones Jr. Now, the wide receiver core is horribly underwhelming at the surface and on the stats. I mean, you have a core of Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, and they're predicting uh, Velas Jones Jr. to be that third starter there. That's that's not an impressive wide receiver core. Uh, Darnell Mooney is the third best wide receiver on any decent team in the NFL. The Bears ranked 30th for passing yards last year, 29th for touchdown passes, and 30th for net yards per attempt in the passing game. Uh, so the passing game is definitely not one that you are going to lean on this year for the Chicago Bears. And the offense as a whole last year was simply anemic, scoring the third least receiving touchdowns in the NFC, third least passing touchdowns in the NFC, and the fifth worst overall scoring offense in the NFL. So, I, I mean, honestly, the only bright spot on the, on the offense last year, Billy, was David Montgomery who finished with 849 yards and seven tuds. And that's, I mean, that's not great either. <laughs> he's a no, stud, but, he's a, but he's, that's, a stud. He, he's a stud. And I think, you know, I think Fields is going to be good. But 849 yards and seven tuds out of David Montgomery, that tuds-wise, that's probably half of what he should be getting. Yards-wise, it's probably pretty close. Between 900 and 1,000 yards, I think, is where David Montgomery could live. But I, I think the utilization of David Montgomery last year was a it was a massive disservice to the offense and, and David Montgomery because that dude has some amazing, amazing athletic skills. Uh, I hope to see him in used in a bit more creative way this year with pairing a full time starter in Justin Fields. Now that uh, oh Christ, who was the who was the coach last year for the, the Bears? Red Rocket. Oh, uh, oh sorry. Uh, Nag Nag no Matt, Nag Matt Nagy. Matt Nagy. Thank you. Uh, so I hope to see David Montgomery used in a bit more of a creative way this year for the Bears. Uh, the Bears strength up there now. Um, I believe so. Yeah, I think he's ever uh, old Nate. I believe Nate's up there. I don't remember. Uh, the 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 bright spot for the Bears last year was on their defense, defending the pass. The Bears allowed the third least amount of passing yards last year in the NFL. But something that doesn't add up to me is they allowed the fifth most passing touchdowns. So the th the third least passing yards, but the fifth most passing touchdowns. The only thing I can think of is Justin Fields threw quite a lot of picks last year. So maybe a lot of those picks were deep in his own territory, and those were turned into touchdowns on a short field. That's one of the weirdest stats I think I've seen so far this offseason when reviewing any of these NFL teams or college teams. Third least amounting passing yards allowed last year in the NFL, but fifth most passing touchdowns. I don't That's so weird. I don't know how that ha I don't know how that happens. Yeah, it's very odd. Uh, the rushing defense was in the top five worst in the NFC last year in yards and tuds allowed. 
so the passing defense really was the only bright spot on this entire Chicago Bears team. Man, I, I'll be honest with you. I don't think it's going to get much better for the Bears this year. Uh, the Bears right now are 24th in the preseason power rankings. They have the fourth hardest schedule in the NFL, and I predict I predict they will go four and thirteen this year. Wow, that's yeah. That's I, I don't think it's going to get better for, for the Bears. Bears. Yeah, that sucks, man. I think they have some pieces up there that are nice, but it is it's major it's major overhaul rebuilding season for the Chicago Bears, and it probably will be for honestly probably next year as well because this team is just it's just bad. It's just really really bad. All right, let's get to the Marine South scoreboard, shall we? Uh, the battle for Lordo, Lordo ended last Lordo. night. Uh, congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche for, for winning the Stanley Cup. It took... Hey, uh, did you did you watch that man. game last night? Because I have a couple questions. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, did you see... Both of these were towards the end of the game. Um, uh, the, the Bolt guy shot a shot and it hit the dude's skate and the skate fell off and he was like trying to get back to the bench but they had too many yeah. players in the ice the abs have too many players in the ice but nobody called anything on that why, why the hell did that happen so if a player is if there is a player within five feet of the bench they can jump on the ice and have six players on the ice huh okay uh and then towards the end of the game Icing call got waved off. Who who makes that call? Is that the is that the offensive player going back to try to get to the puck, or is that the is that the referee? Because I, I thought there was a clear the referee, icing. In this the referee makes the the wave off call, but that that's a judgment call depending on if there um, if the there's a couple of different ways. If the offensive player that did it, that shot it down originally um, can beat him back or made it at least close they wave it off or if um the defensive player that's coming back just kind of lazily comes back and doesn't get there in time or just takes his time he sometimes will wave it off as well hmm. okay that that situation didn't look like either of those but i'm not gonna sit here and pretend to be an nhl expert so yeah i saw both of those last night and i was like yeah the abs are I was like the, the abs are Get the benefit of the doubt here. The Bolts are getting screwed. This is ridiculous. What is this? Tim Donahue uh, refereeing in the NHL now? Um, all right, that makes more sense. Cool. All right. Uh, so something else that happened last night with Colorado. They dented the Stanley Cup. They dented it. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know who it was that was carrying it. I saw the video last night. They skated over to... Uh, do the team photo and he fell with the Stanley Cup in his hand. That's good. And fell to the oh, ice. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, I'll see if I can dude. find that video. That's great. Dented God. dented Lorde. Now Lorde matches the Lombardi trophy. Oh god, that's so terrible. I'm so <laughs> upset about that. Uh, oh well. That that adds to the to the mystery and the lore and the legend of Lorde. All right, elsewhere in, the, in Major League Baseball, uh, in the NL East, the Marlins beat the Mets uh, three games, or excuse me, three to two yesterday. So the Braves are still five games back, thanks to us uh, falling yesterday. Nets beat the Rangers six to four, and the Phils beat the Padres eight to five. Uh, games and events tonight. Braves are back on the road 
they are facing Philadelphia uh, without Bryce Harper. If you missed our conversation yesterday on TM5 Live, Bryce Harper is out indefinitely thanks to taking a 97-mile-an-hour fastball to the hand, and he broke his finger. Ugh, God, that's got to suck, man. 97. 97 hurts anywhere, but on the thumb? Ow! That just... Yeah. Yeah. That makes me squirm. Uh, elsewhere in the National League East, Nats versus the Pirates, and then Cards versus the Marlins. Are the Mets off tonight? Yeah, yeah, Mets are off tonight. Braves are off tonight. Man, no, now that the NBA and the... Aren't they? Yeah, they're off tonight. They don't play tonight. They start the they start the series with Philly tomorrow. Oh, I thought we started tonight. Yes. Off off tonight for the Braves, off tonight for the Mets. Now that now that basketball and hockey's over and all we got is baseball, man, it's it's getting a little barren. It's getting a little dry. We need a we need the L I V tour and the PGA tour to start having their co events to, to have some drama going on in sports. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I need another cup of coffee, dude. That makes two I'm of us, dude. Struggling. All I've had is water this morning. I forgot. I forgot to pre-make the coffee last night. I was up until like one a.m. watching that stupid Braves game lose, and I forgot to make coffee. Imagine that. I know, sucks. All right, Xander uh, Schauffele wins the Travelers Championship. Um, handily, I might add, didn't he? Uh, I believe he only won by one stroke. Really? I thought it yeah, I think, was a lot I further out. He, we won by two. Um, I think Sahith Tagala on like 18 double bogeyed. Yeah, yeah. Sahith Tagala on 18 double bogeyed and Xander Schauffele birdied it. So it was a, uh, it was, it was tied going into that 18th hole. Um, and, and Sahith Tagala, man, once again, Sahith Tagala is right there. So close. And double bogeys, 18. Xander Schauffele birdies it to win by two strokes. Um, you have to believe Sahith Gal at some point is going to win. But that, that amateur yesterday that I was talking about, Billy, that Michael Thornborgson uh, yeah. finished fourth with 15 under. Uh, only four shots back with Xander Schauffele, which, right, uh, which sucks because he is an amateur. And do you know how much money he won for that tournament? Uh, none because he's an amateur. Zero. Yep. That sucks, man. To finish fourth. I mean, if he, if he would have won this tournament – the prize, the prize package for Xander Schauffele was $1.5 million. If Michael Thornbornson had won this tournament, he would have won zero dollars. That's going to hurt. It's, it's got to feel nuts. good to finish in the top four, but it's got to hurt not beating that prize money. <laughs> Matthew Wolf also heads to the Live Tour. How big of a swap is that? Yeah, they get, a, they get another. The, it's, it's, eh, it's medium. On a scale of 1 to 10, that's maybe a 5. Matty Wolf is a good player, but he's not going to move the needle. But he is a good player. This is like uh, the guys they're getting now are like adding bench players in the NBA. Like you got to have your front starters, but you also got to have some bench players to make the tour look good. So I believe they play in Portland this week. I believe their next, next uh, tournament is in Portland this week, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I believe. Good deal. So, I didn't see this, Bryce. Yep. You're going to have to explain what happened uh, with Seattle and Los Angeles. Yeah, there was a little brawl last night in the, uh, in the MLB, and that's, uh, that's exactly what you, what you want. Uh, they, they threw, I believe the Mariners threw at one of the Los Angeles players, and then they started swarming over. And uh, it didn't look it didn't look bad at first, but 
I just kind of like kept building and kept building and kept building. It was like a it was like a volcano, and eventually, after about forty five seconds to a minute of the the Seattle the Seattle batter and the and the catcher kind of jawing back at each other, somebody from the Seattle bench I, I don't remember who it was. I think it was uh, uh, I don't remember who it was, but somebody like started screaming and yelling, and then then you just see the benches clear. And there's just an all-out brawl in between both of the teams. Uh, it, was, it was pretty pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. It was uh, it's pretty neat to see. <laughs> they they bumped it all up a little bit. They say they say Anthony Rendon struck Jesse Winker in the head, uh, but it it like slapped him. And Jesse Winkler's they, he gets thrown out and he's walking off and he's flicking off the crowd, giving the old Marcus Hall salute. So. It was uh, it was a little contentious there, man. It, it happened in the second inning too, so they had to play the rest of the game uh, with, you know, with all this going on. At one point afterwards, I don't remember who it was, came out had a whole box of sunflower seeds and threw the entire box of sunflower seeds onto the third baseline for the Angels. It was nuts, dude. It was if you haven't if you haven't seen it, go to ESPN and go watch the highlight because it's a it's it's not your normal baseball fight. It was pretty crazy. I'll have to check that out when I get into work yeah, it was a little nuts. bit later. Hawks and the Spurs are still in trade talks for uh, DeJounte Murray and John Collins. That sounds just wonderful. And we yeah, talked about this yesterday on per source. Yeah, and it's the same guy, Yeah, though. per source, you know? they're still in trade talks, and <laughs> it is. It's the same dude. And I'm like, who's your source? A magic eight ball? Like... Uh, I don't know. I, I take every single source unless it's uh, unless it's Woj or Shams. Right now, I'm taking yeah, I'm taking all all sources with a grain of salt. And even Woj has been wrong on the Collins stuff so far this offseason. So we'll see. I'd be shocked if anything happened between before six thirty. Uh, I think after six thirty is kind of when it's going to pick up. So we'll see. You know who's been surprisingly, um, like really surprisingly good at uh, coming up with stuff. That you know may not be Woj or Porque. or uh, Shams. Zach Klein. Zach Klein yeah. is has reported some um, stuff, especially with the Hawks. He's got some sources that have like let him have some updates early, and I've seen him nice. Zach with some uh, stuff. So pay attention to Zach Klein and get a chance. Cool. All right. Uh, Ryan Pierce, Justin Algaer, and uh, Chase Elliott, victorious in Nashville. Or Priest, Ryan Priest. Yep. And uh, Chase Elliott, victorious in Victor- Chase Elliott, victorious in Nashville after a rain-soaked delay, like two-hour delay. So, but yeah, we'll we'll hit up on all this. I know we didn't have track talk last week. Matt and I couldn't get our schedule synced up. We will have it this week. Uh, might be recording today or tomorrow. So we'll. We'll run down all the NASCAR stuff on uh, Track Talk this week. Yeah, you definitely don't don't have to worry about uh, his Stanley Cup. <laughs> no, no, don't have to work around that. Don't have to work around that anymore. And finally, today in 1939, Brooklyn Dodgers tie the Boston Bees 2-2 two two in 23 innings, called on an account of darkness after 5 hours and 15 minutes. Good God. I felt like we were going to play 23 innings last night. <laughs> I thought we were going to go for another 23 inning game last night. Yeah, I won't lie. You know, when Olsen came up in the in the 10th and knocked in uh, Darno for 
for his clutch RBI for once. Uh, I was a little bit surprised because he had come yeah. up. God, when was it? The eighth that I sent you a text that he was up? Uh, he came up like two or three times last night with runners in scoring position and didn't do anything. I was pretty shocked that he actually produced there, honestly. Yeah, me too, buddy. You got anything <laughs> else? Nah, man, I'm good. Let's get out of here and let's get our week started. That's it for your Monday edition of the Morning Five for Monday, June 27th, 2022. For Bryce Sparling, I am Billy Lindahl. We will talk to you all tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors! Just shake them! Shake your neighbors! <laughs>